You're listening to the free preview episode of On Grief, a podcast about death by Karen Geyer. To unlock the full episodes, please visit patreon.com forward slash on grief pod. Memberships start at just $2 a month. On Grief Pod is currently looking for new experts. If you work with the dead, dying, or grieving, or you work in an industry that services the dead, dying, or grieving, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at ongriefpod.com. This is On Grief, a podcast about death. there's one lesson to take away from this show, it's that there isn't one way of grieving. People take on a number of different types of therapies or modalities in order to deal with their grief and to help them through what is a very dark time in their lives to a more normal, more manageable situation. One modality that many people may have not heard of is equine learning. Equine learning leverages horses to help the griever better understand what's happening in their own emotional lives in the service of finding a way through their emotions. Here to discuss this with me today is Gail Carruthers. Gail is the owner of Sky Blue Acres and is a triple certified equine learning expert. Welcome, Gail. Gail, can you explain for those who may not be aware, what is equine learning? Equine guided learning is an umbrella term, and it basically is the context of experiential learning with horses, specifically horses. That's why it's called equine. Um, And it is an experiential context, meaning that you are, um, there's, the education is through the learner. So you're, it's meaning that you're not in a classroom, obviously, if there's a horse involved, you're out in a, you know, you're either in a paddock or a barn or, you know, an arena of some, of some place working with a horse that through your interactions with this horse, you your learning is from within. Like it's not like from a lecture versus a lecture that's someone giving you and transporting, transmuting information. So you're working on, say, it could be leadership. It could like in business world, it could be leadership. It could be team building. Um, it, in my particular situation, we focus specifically on grief and loss. So whatever the activities that we're doing, your you're coming to sort of your own, um, I facilitate it and I guide it through the horse's interactions with the client, but the client is really coming to their, their specific aha moments. So it's very, that's where the experiential kind of context of this comes into because equine guided learning is an experiential modality. Um, It's a way of learning versus education, which is, which is given to you via lectures or reading material or group work. So how did you get interested in equine learning? How did you get started? I'd say this is about five years ago is where it really kind of took off for me, where I decided to really jump into it. I had taken my own, I, I had gone for a workshop one weekend. That was it. I, you know, I went up to a workshop and, and did one on um, sort of like sort of a personal self-discovery um, workshop. And I thought it was great, thought it was lovely. And then I was like, yeah, okay, moving on, (laughs) you know, continuing on with my life. And then um, my children ride horses and we were up at uh, 
this particular farm where my kids have been riding for years. And there was a horse there that we'd gotten to know over, over some time. And uh, we could, t- I could, we all knew that this horse was not suited for his, this new job he was given as um, my, it's called hunters where the horses are like jumping over fences, right? Over poles. He had previously been a Western trained horse. So he was a trail ride kind of guy. He was a, he was not suited for this, this new job. And you could tell he was not enjoying it. And then he, he had a, he had a bit of an issue with one of his hooves. It got infected. He was on stall rest for four months. This horse was on stall rest. Um, so I just, I had just basically it kind of made this, I, I don't know. I was just my little deal I made with him. And I said, you know, buddy, you got to pull through this. And if you, you know, if you pull through, I'll give you a new job. I had no idea why I even made him that promise, but I promised him that I'd make him a new job. And anyways, he pulled through. So I, so I did, I, I bought the horse. I looked up training and um, I went and took certification in equine guided learning. And then a few other serendipitous situations happened. Um, I found a place to put him. I found a place right across the road from where my girls rode. I knew a couple of other women that had horses. So we did a collective um, and that's where I was able to uh, finish my training because I had to do a whole bunch of practicums. So anyways, that's the, that's the real short version of it. And then I, I really decided this was really a direction I really wanted to go in because it, it just really spoke to me. So I, it really, within 18 months of meeting this, you know, this whole situation with this horse whose name is Skye, um, I talked to my husband and we, we literally bought a farm, sold our house from that we, you know, we're city people. We sold our house in the city. We moved to an 823-acre equestrian farm out in Guelph. And uh, the rest is history. Moved our moved our whole family, and now we own we own five horses, um, and I board horses. So there's now twelve horses on my property that I get to see and interact with every day. Can you tell me what kinds of equine learning exist? Traditionally, it's very much more a self improvement um, or corporate grief and loss. Loss is not a typical. Um, modality or area, I guess, of interest that most people um, work work in. Whereas ours is specifically, or people will be sort of a generalist. They'll they'll work with whoever their clients are. They'll do a little bit of little bit of corporate, a little bit of self discovery. A lot of people in this industry focus on weekend workshops that is really looking at sort of like your authentic self or helping people kind of tap into areas that they they you know if areas that they they may be feeling uh you know how you people may get to a certain point in their life and they're looking for answers or they're looking for direction so a lot of people in this industry will focus on helping people sort of find those answers for themselves which horses are really good at helping people do so they're kind of i would refer to them more as a generalist there are people that specifically focus on corporate only and in our, in our in our farm here we've moved into the direction of grief and loss so what is the focus of equine learning? What is the primary benefit to the person who comes to you as a client? The whole approach with horses is what they bring to us in the sense that, so here's a bit of the neuroscience behind this, because I'm pretty much a little bit of a neuroscience geek on this. Horses share the same limbic system as we do. And the limbic system is our right side of the brain. The right side of our brain is where we activate things like creativity, imagination, emotions, our intuition. 
that sort of being able to have insight. Um, and that's where our, our feelings are, are. That's that's the side of the brain that is, is responsible for those type of um, systems. The left side of the brain is where we have logic or language, reasoning. We have writing and obje we're, we're objective. Um, and we're as a human, as humans, we've developed over the last, you know, X number of millenniums to be very left brain specific, and very left brain dominant. It actually sort of really took hold when we acquired language. Previous to language acquisition, we were very much, very much right brain dominant. Um, and then as we acquired language or left brains which is our neurocortex that front part of our brains it basically exploded it was one of the the fastest uh acquisitions of a new of a new anatomy in in human history was when we started to get length develop our language our, our neocortex literally just it, it grew exponentially so as we became more and more language proficient we lost we lost something really precious when we lost our ability to stay connected to our environment. And we lost our ability to really tune into our sensitivity to our environment, our ability to feel around our environment, um, our emotions, and the, the information, the rich, rich, rich information that comes from our emotions and our feelings and being able to be sensitive to our environment. But that's exactly what horses have been able to do. And that's how they've survived for 55 million years because they are a preyed upon animal, whereas a human is more of a, we are predators. So being a prey animal, they've had to be able to survive by developing like a supersonic sensitivity to their environment. As an example, they're able to predict, they're sorry, they're able to detect the, as, like, the respiration rate of a mountain lion, a, a predator up to a, a mile and a half away. And that has allowed them to survive and thrive in an environment that that you know there's there's always they, there's always somebody wanting to take them down as a predator. And horses don't have a lot of natural defenses. They don't have claws. They don't have sharp teeth. They just really have their size and speed. So they have to be able to detect their a predator very quickly and be able to move to safety and move an entire herd fast. So that comes down to nonverbal being nonverbal and not have the meaning that they don't they don't communicate verbally say as an example like a pack of wolves they howl or coyotes they're very vocal a prey animal can't afford to be vocal so they've had to develop these nonverbal skills and that would look like specifically like in a herd environment that would be things like the twitch of an ear the flick of a tail a, a nostril flare that all sends vibrations and movement through the air that they detect in a second, well, a millisecond, and that's how they move. So that's sort of the neuroscience of this in the background and the sort of the evolution of how they've adapted. But what does that mean for us when we work with them? They help us as humans reconnect to that right side of the brain so that we, A, we can stop overthinking because overthinking is not going to help us in a lot of situations, especially in grief and loss. You can't think your way out of grief. It helps us in the sense of understanding nonverbal communication and really being able to tune into our environment better. That mindfulness concept uh, by, by introducing us to nonverbal language, meaning so we have activities set up that we help people 
we introduce them to the horse and it might be a grooming session where they're, they're, they're invited to, to do this, we call it reflective grooming. And it's really being able to tune into this horse who can't speak to you, but they are telling you a whole lot of stuff. But because it's not a word, people miss it. So as we sort of open up that, that channel of nonverbal, there's a whole other wealth of information that comes to us. So it's, invite, it's really helping people understand more of what's going on in their own environment then. So for people who are interested in equine therapy, what does an intake session look like with you? Initially on the phone, I would, you know, you know, I'd get an email, I get a phone call and it's just basically, you know, is this, are you interested in it? We do one-on-one sessions like individual, or we can do a group session. Um, And what, you know, what the client's preference would be if they were to come either one, um, we give them just a, the basic housekeeping, you know, what to wear to the farm. A lot, you'd be surprised. A lot of people, a lot of people don't wear the appropriate clothing, you know, closed-toed shoes, that, that type of idea. Um, but then it's really, surprisingly, I don't really need a lot of information. Most people will share a general outline of their story, but I don't, once they come here, I, that's it. I don't, I don't need them to tell me their story repeatedly. Um, they're going to come and we're going to do based on the intake is basically going to be what is it that's going on in their life now and where do they feel that they need the the most help. And that will help me decide or myself and that will help my team decide how we design the program because what activities we're specifically going to create for that particular client because it's always different. So what are the range of activities that someone might be expected to participate in when they come and do a session at the farm? We've developed a a group program and that specific, that's a six week program. And that specifically deals with things sort of like the strength and sensitivity. So that would be introducing people to that predator prey, or there's, there's different ways that, that left brain, right brain, you could call it feminine or masculine energies. You could call it predator prey concepts. It's really all the same thing. And we basically what that does is helping people introduce them to, to horses and introducing them to that very first sense of there's a whole other side to you that, that we don't activate or we're not using as prominently as our left brain. And once we, so we start to give them a little bit of education, which is this concept of left brain, right brain, and then we put them into activities with horses to help them get the, get the, what it is that we're talking about when we say we need you to tell, we want you to start to tap into that emotional, intuitive, sensitivity, feeling, emotional side of your limbic system. So and then we walk them sequentially from there through, through activity. So the next one would be, the next idea would be introduction to mindfulness and how that looks like, how we can get ourselves into mindfulness. Obviously, yoga, meditation also really obviously supports that same kind of concept. But when you're working with a horse, you have, you have a really good teacher right in front of you that as soon as your mind starts to wander, they're going to let you know. So it's a great barometer. Horses are an amazing barometer for what's going on in front of, what's going on with that client right in front of them. Another kind of contact you move into, you call it the herd dynamics. And we take the lessons that horses, horses use within their own herds and help mirror that for our clients. Meaning horses, there's a, there's a real um, myth that, uh, out there that horses have this alpha male 
you know, leadership role and it's, it's a stallion and he's going to go out there and he's going to be your leader. And that movie, um, oh, I can't even remember the name of the movie. Anyway, so my, that, that kind of Disney concept of this strong alpha male, where in reality, the leader of the, of the herd is a female, <laughs> it's a mare. So it's kind of funny, you know, if these were wild animals, if these were wild herds, Mustangs say, the stallion would be in the back, he would be protecting, whereas the, the mare would be the one that would be out front and leading those, that, those horses. She's the one that's going to remember paths through the mountains and where the water hole is and the safest place to, uh, where the safe grazing spots are. So, but the, the other kind of context here is that horses also are fluid in their relation, in their leadership, meaning has different stimuli happen in their environment that leadership will change up. So we're looking at meaning like that support in their, in their, in their herd and their family changes up. So we're bringing that same concept back into families, into, into people's lives and having them realize that when things go amiss in grief and loss in our lives, we need our families and we need our supports, whether those families are friends or, or you know, biological relations. The point being that we all need to change up our leader. You might be the head of the family, but at times when you're going through grief and loss, you also need to learn to give up that leadership and to allow someone else to move in and take that role for a while. And that's exactly what horses do. It's not this one-time alpha context. So there's that little bit of, again, the education piece, but then we allow them to experience it. We, it gets a little difficult because there's a bunch to explain it visually because there's a bunch of activities that we put them through, but the activities are teamed with the horse and it's through those activities that people are able to get their own meaning through these sort of umbrella topics that we're bringing to them. And I guess just quickly, I'll do the last one. It's a, a dance of grief and realizing that, you know, um, it's not, that's sort of bringing in the research around grief, which is not, grief is not a linear, you know, start here and end here and then you're done. Uh, research has shown that grief is very fluid. It's, it's, it comes and it goes. It can hit you today. It can hit you 20 years from now, it can hit you 30 years from now, depending on a circumstance or a trigger. So we help people understand and, and bring that education, but then also allow them to, again, through the interactions of the horse, have their own experience with that. To unlock the rest of this episode and to hear more episodes, visit patreon.com forward slash on grief pod.